write a high converting cash sucking sales letter live with us today on this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Novo, the no fee business bank that refunds fees charged by other ATMs, even internationally. Get $25 when you sign up today at servemaster.com front slash Novo. That's N-O-V-O. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author, Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. Guys, I'm so excited. I'm in the garden again, but today we have special guest Paris, the lead copywriter for Serve No Master. And together we're going to take you through the process of writing a sales letter together because this is where so many people get stuck. And Paris is one of the people that I trained from absolute beginner to master copywriter. She writes almost every single email, every sales letter, every video you see me recording for sales where she's written the scripts for me. We've done so much work together over the past year and a half, and she's really taken what I've trained her and distilled it into something that's perfection. So Paris, we're so excited to have you here today. Hi. All right. So Paris, thank you for that very short introduction. It's great to have you. I know that we're just getting warmed up, guys. That's okay. Uh, as you can imagine, um, I'm at a super high energy level. We're going to do everything we can to bring Paris up to a super high energy level today. And what we're going to do is kind of go through the process of writing a sales order. But the first thing we want to do is think about what holds us back and what are the biggest mistakes we can make. And the biggest mistake I feel that a sales order can make is being boring. How do you feel about that, Paris? Yeah, I think a lot of people just write what they think is going to work instead of writing what the audience actually wants to read. And therefore, it's going to be something that they're just going to skip past or just not even pay attention to. So being surprising or being interesting is actually an important skill in, in, in writing a sales letter. Exactly. And you know that my belief starts with if you have a good structure in place, and then you write sentences that are at least interesting, then you're going to have a pretty good converting sales page. You know, there's a little bit of artistry and masterfulness that takes you across those further finish lines. But just being not boring and just following a structure, is going to take you a lot of way across there. And we want to take you guys through that structure today. Now, the beginning of a sales letter is the headline. And a lot of people think that the headline's job is to sell the product. But it's really not. A headline is like the subject for an email. It's just to get you to open the email. It's just to get you to read that next sentence, to get you to read the sub-headline or go a little bit further and read some of the other lines below it. Because if a headline is totally boring or totally disconnects, then people leave. They don't read the rest of it. So we don't want to give the headline too much work to do. So when you're working on one of our products, Paris, how do you start uh, navigating the waters of coming up with your headline ideas? Um, well, first of all, my very first headlines were complete crap. So don't worry if you screw up the first you know, hundred headlines. It's, it's going to be like that. But what you can do is um, headlines are really structure-based. You can Google hundreds of thousands of different headline structures and just use those and start off with those because those already work. So there are certain structures like, you know, now you can have or learn the secret for doing this without this or uh, what if you could spy on this this really important person achieving that goal or who else wants X, Y, Z? So it doesn't have to be as, as difficult as you think, even though headlines are you know, really important. You can just start out with following a template. 
But once you have a little bit more skill, then you can kind of go a little bit experimental. But honestly, following some kind of template is going to be your best bet to begin with. Okay, Paris, that's such good advice and such good information. There are two things you said there that I want to really dial into. The first is how we build from templates and how we get templates. And in the show notes for this episode, we have a link to it. And you can go to servemaster.com front slash ultimate and get a copy of the ultimate swipe file, which is actually the first training I sent to Paris when she started working with me, which is 600 of my favorite sales letters from the past 100 years. And you could just go through and look at each of those headlines and just choose. And basically, it's like playing Mad Libs is what Paris is saying. And that's so true. You take those different sentences and you go, let's just replace this word and that word. And suddenly you have a different headline. You know, it says, oh, how I made this much money in this many years. You just swap out those two numbers for what's true for you. And you've got a headline that'll work pretty good. How I lost this many pounds in this many weeks. And what you can do is just go through all those different ones. And the other secret, which Paris alluded to, and I want to really dial into it, is that when you're doing headlines, you don't just write one. The mistake a lot of new copywriters do is they go, I'm going to write one headline. Once I have a headline that's okay, I move on. When I was working with my copywriting mentor, he used to make me write 64 headlines and then 10 to 20 variations of each of those. There's an exercise in a copywriting book where it gives you 64 different versions of headline. And he would say, make a variation that matches each of these different headline types and then do 10 of that version. I'll post a link to that video below this video as well in the show notes. But it was so powerful, but boy, did it take a lot of time. And what I learned in that process was that it's doing quantity is the secret. All the best copywriters, the copywriters that are really, really expensive, they'll do thousands of headlines and then just go, this is the best one and keep moving the best one. So you almost run it like a tournament. So it's not about doing one headline. Like Paris said, maybe you'll write a hundred and then there's one winner in there. It's tempting because you just want to get the job done. But this is the most important part of the process because it gets them to read the rest. So doing a ton and then being willing to test and try a couple of different ideas will get you past that headline. And that's so awesome. The second part of writing a sales and the second part of our process, I believe, is focusing on the pain. And not everyone who we're selling to is in pain. So it may be that they're trying to achieve something. Focus on what's missing in their life or the gap between where they are now and where they want to be. An example of this for me, one of my biggest pains in my life was I was in a car accident about 15 years ago and I had back pain every single day. It became all I thought about. All I ever thought about was pain and not pain. And I would have done anything to alleviate my back pain. That's why still 15 years later, I'm doing dozens of squats every single morning by myself, shooting videos for my personal trainer or doing them with my personal trainer when he's here because I don't want my back to hurt again. I discovered that I have to maintain a certain weight. I have to do a certain amount of back exercises or my back starts to hurt. And so my life went from pain to not pain again, but it's still something really powerful in my mind. I remember what that was like. And every time I feel a twinge of back pain, it catches my mind. So for some people, they have a massive amount of pain, right? And other people, it's they have just, they want to improve something in their lives. So tell me a little bit about how you focus on the pain when you're writing our sales letters, Paris. Yeah, so there's either the focus on the pain or focus on the dream. So it depends on what your topic is. So whatever you're whatever you're pitching will help them get to the goal they want. And that's either to, you know, solve their back pain or make more money or, you know, X, Y, and Z that's um, going to be focusing on getting them from A to B. You don't want to sell the product. You want to sell the solution. You're selling, you're not selling you know, a back brace. You're selling, you're not going to be in pain anymore. So you're trying to position and remind them that they don't want to be in pain anymore. They don't want to wake up every day and not be able to get out of bed or have to take lots of pain meds or go to the doctors all the time. You want, you're selling that they're just going to be able to live their life normally without pain. You're not selling the product. So you definitely want to focus on 
the outcome, the solution, the, the, the dream that they're, or the dream that they're going to have. Like maybe it's being a best-selling author. That's definitely one we, we do a lot. That's something that people dream about. So they want to achieve that dream. And what we use when we're writing ourselves is we use a simple formula that's been around for a while, which is pain, agitate, solution. And an example could be you've written a book, you've tried to become a best-selling author, you've put your book out there to the sound of crickets, nobody has read your book, you can't get a single download, even from friends and family, but it's not your fault because no one's taught you the right system. Or, but it's not your fault because Amazon is against you or because the publishing industry is rigged against you because you don't know the right steps of the process. And the reason we add that in is because if you give people too much pain without a bit of release, all they feel is suffering. If you say you're in pain and it's your fault, that's really hard for people to hear and they'll be pushed away from your sales letter. And the same thing for me with my back pain, you could have said, you're in back pain, your back hurts all the time. Every time you're sitting down, you're thinking about how soon until you can stand up because sitting in a chair hurts you every single time. It's not your fault because you were hit by someone else in a car accident. And then you could do multiple versions. And so you, what you want to do is look at the different areas of life that are limited, right? You say you put in all that time writing a book, but the time was lost. And now you're wondering if you wasted your time on that book. It's not your fault because of X. You know, you work really hard. You wrote the best book you can. You've sent it out there, but you're not getting any reviews. It's not your fault because why? And so we point out different parts of that pain. So we kind of create what I call a 360 degree image. I think of it like if we're doing uh, one of those 3D printers, we want to look at the pain from all these different angles because everyone feels it differently. A big part of my life, something I talk about lately is fitness and health because the way I approach fitness and my pain point has totally changed. When I was 18, graduating from high school, I went to the gym every single day and worked out for two to three hours and took creatine because I wanted to get big before I got to college. I was tired of being the fat kid. I wanted to be at least the strong fat kid. And I lost about 10 pounds and I put on almost 20 pounds of muscle. Wasn't nearly enough, but it still moved me into a new category. But it was all about that motivation. I don't want to be the smallest kid. Then I went through um, life and got into my 30s. And then you know, in my 20s, when I got my car accident, then I trained because I didn't want my back to hurt anymore. And then doing fitness in my mid-30s, starting having kids, I was like, I want to be able to play with my kids and not get tired. I want to be able to pick up my kids. I want to be able to hold two kids at a time, not just one, and walk up a flight of stairs, which is hard. And now uh, we're recording this while we're under uh, quarantine lockdown. I was working with my friend on a sales letter last week about working out during quarantine. He called it, what was he called? Like prison fitness. He's like, you got to get prison strong because maybe this quarantine is going to turn into a purge. So now when I train, I'm like training twice as hard because I'm like, oh man, I hope he's not right. But it's such a powerful message. So we have a different thing we're responding to. It becomes a different motivation. And when we have these multiple pain points we bring up, they still resonate. Like, I still want to be bigger. I still want to be beach ready. I still want to be strong for my kids. And I also want to be strong enough to defend my kids if, you know, the island does turn into a purge. Hopefully it won't go that way, but that becomes a different pain point. So at different points in people's lives, they might have a different thought. Some people, they want to become an author because they want to help people with their message. Some people, the authorship is about making money. And so we have multiple pain points or goal points we bring up in that process, which is, again, you're not where you want to be. The suffering is this bad. I think of it as putting lemon juice in the wounds or salt in the wounds and then going, hey, it's not your fault because someone else did this to you. And so that's where you bring up an enemy. And once we focus on the pain, the third step in our process for our sales letter structure is to provide an easy solution. The challenge here, and we've seen this in a lot of sales letters, me and Paris have been talking about a lot of different markets. When we enter different markets, sometimes sales letters have to be so hypey. When I first started out, sales letters were like, hey, push a button, push this big red button, and you'll be a millionaire by next week. I used to see sales had names like push button profits. And it would say, push a button, and you'll make millions of dollars. And that's how they sold a lot of software. Yes, I bought it, what, 10 years ago. <laughs> um, it worked. Some of the software actually 
one of the programs that talked like that actually did work for me. And it, it helped me build my SEO company, but it didn't last forever. But there, people want that easy solution. If you say to someone, hey, you're overweight, you're having medical problems, it's not your fault because no one's ever taught you the right way to take care of your body. If you look at the food pyramid from America, sugar's on the list, which is a poison. So it's obviously, you can't trust the government. So it's not your fault because no one's giving you the accurate information. But then if you go, the solution is to exercise every day for an hour, to only eat foods that taste terrible, and you'll be back on track in six months. Nobody would buy that product, right? Nobody wants it because it's too hard. So what we want is to make the solution sound as easy or as simple or as manageable as possible. That's why we think, see things like in this three-step solution or in my simple process, and you'll see results in a few seven days. We have to give people quick wins because they'll run out of motivational energy. So Paris, tell everyone a little bit about how you make some of my really complicated products sound like easy solutions. Well, a lot of things that I do is break it down. If you break something down, it seems less scary, less intimidating. If you say, you know, oh, there's like 27 steps and you have to do these for 12 months, like, no, no one's going to do that. But if you say, if you just start with this one, and it's really easy. We walk you right through this process. It's a, you know, it's a, a video. You just follow this or cut and paste, or it's super simple. You don't even have to have any tech skills or anything like that. You can just do it and, and or give a time limit. Like you can do it in five minutes. That helps to break down those barriers of of people not wanting to do it because people are going to come in with reservations of you know oh this is going to be too hard for me this is I don't have time to do this so by positioning it as easy or as simple um, will help to break those down but you also of course want to be realistic and truthful so you don't want to fall into the the hypey trap where it's it's just you know ending up as as lies like oh you'll make a million dollars in 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 a day like that's that's not something that's believable so you have to find that balance of how you can position it and focus on the things that will give your people the easiest wins and the quickest wins and don't really focus on the parts where you have to work on it every day or do a lot of difficult things okay i think that's really good because some of the markets and we've seen this in some of the things we're running promotions on right now it's like so far down the hype spectrum from where we operate and the balance you'll find is often between ethics and conversion like you can make huge promises and you'll sell a lot more units but it is about finding something where you go that's too far for me like you have to find that perfect balance and it's hard because you go oh everyone i sell the product to is likely to go through it the product works and it's easier to be a little bit more hypey um and if you have a less sophisticated market if you have like a younger market or people that are newer to that industry then they'll respond more to hype but as the market gets more sophisticated, what they want is a little bit more proof or a little bit more accuracy behind those big promises. So it is about finding a balance, but that is the right idea of we want the solution to seem like something they could actually do. So they go, it's believable that they could achieve that solution. If it's too easy, they go, well, if it's that easy, it, was only, it only takes 10 minutes to learn. I should have already learned it by now. So we don't want to make it too easy because then it's unbelievable. So that's a really great answer, Paris. The fourth thing I want to talk about is what I call imagine or bullet points. And this is where, where I say things like, imagine waking up in the morning to the sound of silence. You never have to listen to an alarm clock ever again. You can get up whenever you want to. You're your own boss. You start your day how you want, you work the hours you want, and you get to choose how you split up your hours every single day. That's a powerful thing. That's really the centerpiece of my life, is that if I want to, after this podcast, I can go spend two hours with my kids. I have that freedom because I don't have a boss. And that's when we start talking about imagine, it's when we start create that future, create that scenario, that believable place. 
where possibility lies and kind of letting someone to go beyond. So we've really delved into what the pain is like. Say, here's your life. Here's all this pain. Now imagine a life without pain. Imagine you've lost all that weight and now everyone finds you attractive. Now imagine your problem is you have two girlfriends or two boyfriends fighting over you all the time. And that's like everyone like dreams like that. Like that's everyone's dream, right? They start to imagine that different life. So we take them through this journey. You're in this pain, not your fault. We have a solution. It's not that hard. And here's what your life would be like after our solution. It'll be amazing. So Paris, let's talk about how we develop our bullet points. And we go through this process. This is a process that was taught to me. And I call it the so what process, which is where I say, oh, you lose a bunch of weight. And you go, how do I make this a benefit? Or how do I make this a bullet point? And we just go, so what? So let's try it together, Paris. So I say, you lose a bunch of weight. So what? So you'll have a healthier body. You have a healthier body. So what? So you won't have a high cholesterol, high blood pressure, or get, getting sick all the time. You don't get sick all the time, so what? And we can build on that and say, oh, you know what? You won't get sick all the time. That means you'll live longer. You'll save money on medical bills, which now you can expend on your new wardrobe because you need a new wear smaller clothes. So we can twist that, and that's where we grow. That's how we take a small thing, losing weight, and turn it into living longer. And if you look, there's an entire market that took that idea. Now there's an entire industry that's called anti-aging. Because they don't want to call it anti-dying, but that's what it means. So <laughs> we all look for those bigger solutions. And you could say losing weight, so what? Well, you'll be more attractive. So what? You could finally date someone who appreciates you and who you find attractive. So what? Well, now you can have a relationship that lasts. You can find true love because you're the person you're always meant to be. And you've opened up that doorway. So now you can find true love. So that's how we go from small thing to big solution. Uh, you really want to be able to focus on the transformation in these bullet points, not uh, the features of your product. You don't want to say, you know, my, my weight loss book has 28 pages. You want to say, no, it's going to help you lose weight in X amount of days and then continue on with that. So what process that, you know, you'll live longer, you'll have a healthier life and you'll be able to you know, see your grandkids. One other cool technique that we employ to make our bullet points is better is that we give each technique a name. I'll never forget the first time I saw this was someone had a sales that was like, learn the black magic technique or the black mirror technique to get girls phone numbers. And I was like, whoa, that sounds so cool. And I remember that sales letter. It was one of the first dating sales letters I ever saw in that industry. I never found out what it was. I still don't know what the secret black mirror technique <laughs> is. I don't know if you need an actual mirror, but I thought that was such good branding. It stuck with my head. So instead of saying how to write a book fast technique, we can call it the book in a flash secret, right? Or we can call it the lightning writing technique. Using my lightning writing technique, you can have your book done in seven days instead of 30. And that means you'll have more free time to spend with your family. Imagine getting four books done in the time it takes you to write one. That means you'll make four times more money. You'll be successful four times faster and you can have four times more freedom. So just by giving it a name, lightning writing technique or lightning speed writing, anything like that, we just make up names. They don't really have to mean that much. People can start to visualize that bullet point a little bit more. The next step in our process is when we want to start thinking about how can we tell people the price? And we call this the price buildup or the value buildup and then the price drop. A great place to see this, I learned this from infomercials where they go, you know what, we're not going to give you one set of steak knives, we're going to give you two steak knives and we're going to throw in a potato peeler and we're going to throw in the vegetable <laughs> processor and we're going to put it, and it sounds crazy, but those infomercials sold a lot. Those did really, really well. And the reason I've those did well, infomercials. Yeah, that's almost every good copywriter does. I love to watch infomercials because they're so scripted. Infomercials are just sales letters that have a million dollar budget. And when they build up that value, it's so when they finally tell you the price, you go, what? It's only $20. I feel like I'm stealing from them. <laughs> like I'm getting $100 worth of stuff for 20 bucks. This is amazing. And it's how we get 
those really high conversion numbers. So we want to build up a lot of value. And there's a lot of things that we can do in this process. It's building up, here's all the things you get. Here's the modules of the course, adding in bonuses. It's just, you get this, you get this, you get this, you get this, you get this. It's worth $27,000, but you can have it for $19.95. That's our process there. But Paris, maybe you can go into a little bit of detail about how you actually do this when you're writing up our value builds and our price drops. Uh, so one thing I've started doing, so you have, you have the main course or the main, the main product and you do the, you do the bullets process with them. You, you make sure you're emphasizing the transformation and the benefits there that they'll get from each of these things that you'll learn in, in your course or product. And then what I've started doing is putting the price after that, doing the price justification there. So they have that image of, of the price in their head. They, they, they see that this main course costs $97 and they've already attributed the worth of the main course to $97. And then that's when you start adding on the real value, which is the bonuses. So then they think, oh my God, I'm getting this and this and this and this and this, and it's still $97. So by putting the price a little bit up front, because I used to put in the, the, the bonuses before the price, it makes it sound like, oh, now I'm getting this extra instead of bundling all of the bonuses and the course together. Oh, yeah, it's just $97. So that's one tip that you can use. That's really good. Yeah, we could definitely, when you make your sales errors, you could also test moving the button up and down to the price, up and down the page to see which converts better. And once we have our template, and that's really good because Paris has been testing and she's found that we get better results when we put the price a little earlier. So we build up that value and we go 97 and you get all this stuff. What? That... We want people to have that, wow, this seems like an amazing deal value. And when you're designing your bonuses, there's really three types of bonuses. The first is accelerate success. So what can we do to improve the odds of success? So this could be like, hey, we're actually giving you 10 templates. or we're giving, We've given you a whole diet program, but we're also going to give you a 21-day meal plan. So you don't have to think about what you're going to do. And on top of that, we're going to give you a grocery list. So you know where to go to the grocery store. You don't have to do any thinking. You just buy what's on the list, and you know you have what you need for the rest of the week. So those make success easier. The second type of bonus is assume success. And this can be, the weight loss product for women, you could say, how to deal with men flirting with you all the time when you're just trying to get through your day. Bonus. You go, I'm so sure you're going to lose weight that people are going to be annoying you and hitting on you everywhere you go. And so I need to prepare you for that. And you can see example of this in one of my products, my Kindle Sniper course, where I teach you how to write books and publish. I say how to deal with people being in your face all the time when they want your autograph. And people, when people find out you're a best-selling author, this happens to me all the time, they start treating like a celebrity. They're asking you questions. You're like, oh, I'm just trying to hang out with my kids. This isn't the right time. And so how to deal with that is one of the bonuses. People see that. They go, he believes this contributes so much in my success. They're preparing me for how to deal with it. And the third type of bonus that we build is the overcome objection bonus. So every time someone goes to one of my programs and they say, oh, I didn't buy because of this reason. I didn't go through your program because I'm too old or I'm too young. We get This is the same excuse everyone has. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm a man. I'm a woman. I'm left-handed. I'm right-handed. It's always opposites. We always get two people complaining about opposite things. But whenever you have those reasons, is oh, um, I really like your program, but I don't have a mailing list. I really like your happy program, but I don't have any exercise equipment. Okay, that's what we have in our bonus, the body weight at home exercise program. No problem. So we build a bonus to answer that specific objection and that's why sometimes you see a product that has three bonuses and then seven bonuses is we just keep adding bonuses to add answer all those objections so that then there's no justification for their inaction they go oh well i don't have any workout equipment oh they have a no workout equipment workout well that's i can't use that excuse anymore and that it makes it easier for someone because you've met their need to make that buying decision tell me a little bit about 
the price drop part of the process. How do we say it's not this, it's not this, it's not this, it's this? Uh, so first, that's what we would call like the price justification. So you would anchor that price in a real world value. So for example, one we, we use a lot would be um, that Jonathan's time is worth $500 because if you were to get an hour of coaching from Jonathan, he would be charging you $500. So with all of the hours of the course or any sort of extra coaching that you get, that's already worth $500 times by however many hours that the course is. So you could anchor it um, in something like that. So the value would be $5,000. And then you would say, but no, I'm not going to charge you $5,000. And then you would go down to the next steps and maybe anchor the price into $2,500 based on something else that's in your product that would make sense. And then you would slowly keep dropping it until you get to the real price. And you want to give them so much value that it is worth that price. And then you want to show them the actual price. And it, the, the reaction should be, oh, my God, is it really that price? I, I'm going to buy this right now. That's wonderful. We want to create that exact feeling of it's a deal, it's a steal, because we want to take people to take action right now. What we know is that if someone reads the sales page, just like if you go and visit, and visit a car lot, you just drive a car and you don't make a buying decision right then, you go, I'm going to think about it. The odds of you coming back are about one in 10. And for a sales letters, it's even lower because you haven't done a test drive. So if someone visits one of my products and doesn't make a buying decision right then, they go, oh, let me think about it. They forget about it. We want to get people in that moment. And that was what brings us to our close. Our step number six, I call the emotional close. And this is where we want to say to people, if you don't make a decision right now and you decide you're going to come back later, you probably won't. And this is what your life will be like if you don't take action. Things will keep being the same. Nothing will change. And six months from now, you'll see another email about this or be reminded of this product. Like, oh, I wish I'd done that. And that's happened to me in my life. So I can connect with that. I saw a product once that I wish I'd bought. I ended up getting it two years later. I go, wow, my life would be two years better if I got this when I first saw it. And it's, it actually is true for me. So I can resonate with that. And that's part of how we do emotional closes. Paris, how do you approach the emotional close? Uh, there's a couple different tactics you can take. First is, you know, that you want to emphasize the scarcity and urgency. So if you, and the, the fear of missing out. So like if you don't get in on this now, I, you know, maybe the price is going to go up or the bonuses are going to go away. Or the, the real big one is you're not, your life isn't going to change. You're not going to get that transformation. You're not going to get fitter. You're not going to end up finishing that book. You're not going to end up doing anything because that's what people do. We, if we don't take action, we just end up doing nothing. So that fear of I'm not going to be able to accomplish my dreams or get rid of this pain is a really powerful motivator. And that's definitely something to focus on. Guys, I hope you found this lesson as useful as I have. Me and Paris are going to do more podcast episodes in the future where we share more of our tactics, more of our techniques, and more of the inner workings of how we've turned Serve to Master into the powerhouse it is today. We love being on this journey with you. Paris, thank you so much for being here today. I can't wait to have you on another episode. Thanks. Okay, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back next Tuesday with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you Tuesday. Launch a podcast without missing a step. Grab the free podcast launch checklist at thirdmaster.com front slash checklist.